check on Gus, board the windows, try to hide. They're coming. This time they're going to take me with them, honor me. Check on Gus. Ball the windows. Try to hide. They're coming. This time they're gonna take Din with me. On me. Yeah. For all that I've done. Yes! Okay, so... Okay, that's it. <laughs> so, I recorded that bit and I was gonna use it as the as the intro before we it's opened. It's so good! Because... That's the cold it's, open. That's our cold open! Cause I was... That's our cold yes! open. <laughs> That's our cold open. Okay, I yeah. We, <laughs> hi, we're back. <laughs> we're so professional. <laughs> Welcome back, Dreadfuls. You're listening to another episode of Left for Dread, the horror podcast for everyone from newbies to fanatics. We are not spoiler-free podcast, so make sure you've seen the movie or movies we're talking about before you listen. We're back. Hi, I'm Rye. We're back. <laughs> I'm Chris. I'm overly. And if you listen to that, I'm overly. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, a couple things. Uh, it's been two, three months. It's been a while. Um, so we are back. I know. I know one of our friends, Chris from Iron. Silver it's and Salt, been uh, he, three months. This this yeah, months? it's been three months. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I know Chris checked up on us. He, he was all, Chris, right, what happened to... Are you guys okay? He's like, yeah, we're, we're good. Taking we're a taking a hiatus. We're breaking. Uh, we needed a long, yeah. deserved break. Because November was crazy. December was crazy. Um, and then January is crazy. It's been a weird three months. But we're back. Hi, Hi Chris. I'm so glad we're doing... I'm so glad. Um, we are... We are... We are podcasting on the top of the world, <laughs> hiding underneath the crawl space of a house that's propped up, and there's a bunch of snow. It's got all the microphones getting wet, but uh, it's kind of cold. But we're here in Barrow, Alaska, and we are snowed in. And this is by far one of the the my my favorite movies and one of the best movies to watch while you're snowed in. <laughs> What are we reviewing today? Okay, so today we are talking about 30 Days of Night and the subsequent sequel. 30 Day, or I'm sorry, 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. And we have a lot of words for that one. Not good words. So (laughs) I have issues with the second one. Do. Do we want to just tear the second one apart now and then go back and say all the good things I mean, about the I first mean, one, or do we actually want to I do mean, this chronic- in order? I mean, I think I feel like I feel like we should. It, it's it's weird because no, no, there's nothing weird. I feel like it, there's, hold on, there's nothing weird. It was we made a fa- the second one should have been called <laughs> Thirty Days of Night. We made a shitty vampire movie. Or something like I, I. I gotta say, it's impressive bad how it is? bad it is. Yeah, yeah. 
it, I, I, I heard, I guess we're into it now. I guess we're talking we're about the end dark game days now. now. Okay. So, okay. So the first thing that I wrote about this movie in my notes was, I don't understand the trash I'm watching. And I've watched a lot of trash. Okay. <laughs> I've watched so and, much and trash. Everyone, <laughs> I said to Chris, and, 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 couldn't, I couldn't hate watch this movie. Period. I can hate watch Blair Witch too. I can't hate watch this. I can't watch this ever again. And people, people know me here. I have a very, very low bar of entertainment. But I mean, yes, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I full disclosure, I am biased. This is very much a selfish fever dream of mine because I, I love the comics. Thirty Days of Night is like. Hands down, one of the one of my all time favorite comic book series ever, and so I, I I this movie or well not Dark Days but the first movie means so much to me, and uh, Dark Days, which is the follow up comic to Thirty Days of Night, with I for for years I've heard v- bad things about it, and that was literally the reason why I avoided it for all these years because I love the comics too much and but it was kind of my idea and then Rob was like let's do it it's like okay fine so uh, Chris I'm your enabler this was 90 ways yeah yes I but we should have we should have listened to reason because this was 90 minutes of, mo- of movie that I can never get back and like it's it is shockingly I I'm speechless. It's so shocking how bad this movie is and how much they butchered like the lore and like everything that was great about not just the comic, but the first film as well. And it was legitimately, I've, I was, I was saying this to Rye a couple times. It is the worst movie we've ever reviewed. Yeah. hundred percent. I, I, can I would rather it's- watch Thanks Killing 3 again than watch this. And I hated all of those movies. I hated Poltergeist, Poltergeist, whatever the fuck it was. I hated Thanksgiving. That we've we've reviewed some trash on the show. And 30 Days of Night, Dark Days, is just one of those things that shouldn't have been made. Now, I looked up the guy that wrote it and directed it. And he directed a, um, a Stranger's sequel. So there was the movie The Strangers, which was uh, yeah, absolutely pr- incredible. And then there was Pray at Night. Now, I'm not one for, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I say that about 30 Days of Night. I'll say that about The Strangers. I I know that the sequel is out there. I almost don't want to touch it, especially if it's done by the same guy that did this. Why Why yeah, would I want to do that? This was such garbage. It's- it's it's weird. It's really weird because like uh, Ben Katai, he's the director of Dark Days. Does he have taste? And he, I I don't know. I'm looking. I'm looking through. I'm looking through his filmography. He's done Tales from the Gr- Tales from the Grudge, Suck, Megan, Dark Days, The Elm Tree, Beneath. He the did forest. a web series on Three Days of Night. Like he obviously. Yeah loves this franchise he's obviously a fan but unless you do something different in the web series and it is a different caliber than the movie i just saw you butchered the franchise you're a fan of my dude like i don't 
I'm like Chris. I'm actually speechless with how bad it is. Now, Chris, you actually read the comics. Now, you reread them before this episode. I've never read the yes. comics, period. So that is a different yes. side of it that I am excited to sort of pick your brain over. So my first question, this is strictly about Dark Days. Um, the, co- yeah. the comic yeah. or, or the film or both. Okay. Yeah. Was Lilith in it? And was her name actually Lilith? Yeah, so... Because that I so find just so wholly I, unoriginal. And the whole, like, Elizabeth Bathory imagery, it's it's beyond unoriginal at this point. There's nothing, like, intimidating about it. I just... I was so put off by the whole thing. The actress that plays Lilith in the movie... Mia, Mia Kirshner. I like her. I I think... Yeah, I thought, I thought Mia Kirshner was well-casted, but, like, everything that, like... I, I her direction and like the really shitty makeup and CGI. They they gave her CGI face. For God's Why? sake, I hate it. M- Mia Kirshner, like she's she looks gothic enough or emo enough to like pass off for Lilith. And actually, in comparison to the comics, like how she's depicted, Mia, Mia Kirshner's a pretty good. Like in terms of like physical appearance, she she makes a convincing looking Lilith. I just was not frightened at by her at all because of how she was directed and made. I mean, I I enjoy her work, um, and like I don't know what kind of direction or like also the screenwriting was was really robotic and flat. Didn't so I say to you? Was, I said, why does a why does her voice sound like a like sound like a cyborg? What is that? But also, the dialogue sounds like someone watched hours of vampire movies and fed them into a bot, and the bot spit out a script. That's what this movie sounds like. So I'm of of I'm of a I'm of I have two minds about the screenwriting of Dark Days, and it's very it's very conflicting. Like, so Steve Niles, uh, he's one of the co-creators of the entire 30 days of night uh franchise um he also he was also i don't uh let me double check i'll cut this out um okay so yeah so steve steve niles he worked on the original screenplay for the first movie uh and it was also uh written by stewart uh stewart beetle and Brian Nelson. Okay. Now, for Dark Days, um, the screenplay was by both Steve Niles and Ben Katai. So I'm feeling all the weak ass dialogue had to be Ben Katai, but like it, it, it is shocking to me that Dark Days had the OG creator, and you know. I, I I'm not sure how much a producing role he had, but he was he was on the screenplay at least, and how bad it got translated into the the final product of the film. So it must have been like Katai's notes. I don't know. I I haven't read the script. I don't. I haven't seen any of like the behind the scenes documentary. I didn't either. Or, com- or I'm sorry. Or, or or commentary about the film. Um, it honestly just felt but, like they zapped all the originality out of. The first one. I yes, that's completely. It's complete. That's completely true. And like, um, I'm I'm not, not entirely not the- I'm not entirely sure of the lore 
And I guess we can get into this when we talk about the OG 30 Days of Night. Um, I'm not entirely mm. sure of, like, the lore surrounding these vampires, but it kind of pissed me off that, like, when did they learn English? Um, why mm. do some of them look human and some of them don't? Um, does mm. the wound, does, like, the severity of the wound really have anything to do with that? Or was that some convoluted bullshit that they included in this movie to it, have an excuse? It was convoluted. As, like, a vampire yeah. to be, like, the head of the opposition, if you will? Like, I don't... So the comic and like so, well, let let me backtrack. So so dark Walk days. Walk me through it because I don't know what the fuck yeah. happened. Yeah. So so dark days. You know, for the, anyone who has not has the the pleasure of not seeing the movie, <laughs> keep it that way. Um, and I know we're doing things in reverse, but basically, dark days takes place uh, sixteen months after the events of the first film, and basically elevator pitch, um, Bear Alaska is um a isolated remote town in alaska and they go through what's called a polar night so in certain part certain times of the year uh the sun does not rise for 30 days and this attracts this cabal of sadistic vampires who kill and maim and have a f- bloody f- uh, feeding frenzy for 30 days. It's like paradise on earth for them. Um, and, Honestly, it's a thing of fucking uh, beauty. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, and like the movie, the the first movie executes it really well. Uh, fast track to the end, spoilers. Um, uh, Eben and her... Or, I'm sorry. Ugh. Eben Ullman and Stella Ullman, um, canonically... Uh, husband and wife uh eben turns willingly turns himself into a vampire kills the leader of the vampire coven um and he doesn't want to live forever so he sacrifices himself and the movie ends with eben and stella watching the sunrise and eben dies and stella has like this she's she's a broken person and she wants revenge um q2 uh, Dark Days, which takes place 60 months later, and the premise is, you know, uh, uh, Stella's on the warpath, and she's trying to make sure the story of Barrel Alaska isn't lost. Uh, she's trying to make sh- make the, make it known to the world that vampires do exist, and she's on the warpath. Uh, that's a very very watered down uh, version of Dark Days. Now, the 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 movie Dark Days takes a lot of story beats from the comic, but how it's executed and what changes they do, uh, they don't they don't make any sense. And I and I don't know if I don't know if Katai didn't really understand the source material. Although now they say that it's kind of a moot point because they had freaking Steve Niles, you know the the the, the main writer of the mm-hmm. series, screenwriting as well. So I don't know if that's a legitimate point. Um, maybe it was because of budget, because this was a direct-to-video film. Uh, I don't even remember how much of a budget they had. Um, I, I don't. I mean, some of the sources I've been looking at, they they don't really mention it. 
Uh, but the movie looks incredibly low budget and not in a good way, not in like a Robert Rodriguez, Sam Raimi kind of but way. But not even in like uh, a schlocky, like, was- like Thanksgiving kind of way either. It's it's just like it's piss poor. It's done poorly. And it takes you out yeah. of it. The first time you see a vampire in Dark Days, the effect that it has when it jumps off the roof what the fuck that's like some queen of the damned shit which should stay in queen of the damned that's trash but it's my trash and we love it and that's fine and again i we call that movie trash because let's be honest it kind of is but it's beautiful but this is not that this is just between the shitty special effects to him jumping off the roof to the first time you see them enter it's like they took a bad computer-generated image of one of the vampires from the first one slapped it onto, like, a dummy that you use, like a crash test dummy, and stuck it inside of a door and had them, like, have a go at it. It was just, it was so, it was, and that's all in the first, what, 10, 15 minutes? Yeah, I, I was texting Rai as soon as it happened, so uh, my, there was a scene. My, it, it blows my mind how... Chris, this movie was terrible. It, it was very terrible, and like it was the uh, longest hour and thirty minutes of my life. It it really was. It, this movie really dragged, and I, I I knew I knew this movie was in trouble, like right right from the beginning because um, with the bad recast of Stella. It had, <laughs> well, th- well, that that and like you know the recasting of of like not just Stella but also Eben, like you know Josh Harnett. So good, such a charming, charismatic actor. They they recast him because both of the original actors weren't in Dark Days. Good on them. But the after the quick like maybe like two minute montage, like you know, just catching you up on the events of the first film, and just in case you didn't watch it and started with Dark Days, um, it goes into this very deliberate like ripoff off of like a David Fincher um, yep. introduction. Like kind of like seven, you know, it had like these quick, grungy, sepia-toned shots of the city, and then it closes up on someone writing on a typewriter, and then it has extreme close-ups on like some industrial tools running the background, and they they try to make it look really grungy and really edgy, and it's just it's just trying too hard, and it's just like, and I was like, oh no, this is this is bad, and then and then it got and like 10, 15 minutes later, um where Stella goes back to her hotel and some random vampire shows up and tries to attack him. Um, what's his name? Paul, uh, one of the human anti-vampire resistance fighters. Uh, Paul shoots the vampire 20 times in the head and one, the, the face of the vampire looks like the shittiest video game render and it just slept over his face. It, it has none of the charm, none of the the real gritty visceral ugliness that you see in the first film where like it's all practical effects and like here it's just it looks like the the worst video game generic bad guy ever and like the fact that he shoots 20 times the blood the blood on the wall looks really bad really fake and two there are no bullet holes because he shoots the vampire 
point blank into the door frame and like there's no bullet holes no exit yeah did it magically like miss and go through the crack in the door where he got stuck like i mean i know this sounds like such minutia but this is like the first 10 15 minutes of a movie if i didn't have to watch it like if i didn't have to watch it because we were talking about it i would have turned it off because it was that off and you see this you see this consistently throughout the entire film, like these very lazy or weird or just what, like what the fuck directorial choices. It just ruins the skeleton of the 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 plot because like a lot of the plot elements kind of kind of match up, um, uh, the original story and like I right I I know you haven't read it but please do not judge the comic book of Dark Days oh, based on absolutely here not. Like, that's Dark Days no they, no no the execution here is so bad um I have I have a but, different like, question about the comics but that's more when we talk about the original mm-hmm. 30 Days of Night I still want to shit on Dark Days for mm-hmm. a second Okay <laughs> um so but a couple things to address the so like the the all the very basic thoroughfare like the comic book does take place in la um you know it's stella stella trying to get the word out she's um actually it's it's very interesting because um it's kind of meta in the comic book um stella writes a book called 30 days of night okay oh and 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 the book she markets has the same cover as the actual first comic book uh and she's she she spent she spent like a year uh writing um 30 days of night as a book uh she sold it to a publisher and uh and she's now she's touring it on a book tour all the uh, across the rest of America um and she uses the proceeds from the book deal to buy a shit ton of weapons and to hire a bunch of mercenaries. So like, it's awesome. Like, 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 and, and, um, Stella, Stella in dark days is, um, such a darker character. And and like, um, from when you see the first movie at the ending, obviously that that's a given and that's really, really done so well by, uh, Stella's original actor, Melissa George. actress, uh, Melissa George. Like you can see, like the hatred, and like she's fundamentally broken, and she's uh, very traumatized. And um, what I love about that, in the though, comic book, what I love about that though is yeah. that that ending. The va- I mean, spoiler alert, obviously, always. Um, the vampires get away, and he, Josh Hartnett's character, says, "Do you want me to go after them?" Because he knows he can take them. And she goes, no, you've done what you're supposed to do. And they, and the ending happens, but you can see she's like so full of hatred. The way I envisioned a sequel before I even turned on Dark Days, before you said anything about how horrible it was, I was like, okay, if this character is anything like I think she is, she's going to help rebuild the town and then go kick some ass. That, that's exactly what happens. Like, But that is not the built. image you get of uh, Stella the way they build her in oh, this version of Dark Days. And that's part of why it fucking pisses me off. I, it was yeah, just, it was Stel- so, it, was, it rubbed me so, and also unneeded and unwarranted sex scene completely cheapens an already horrible movie. They did not look like they yeah. were enjoying themselves at all. 
Not even the actors that, could fake it. Like it just, it, just cut cut that out. Just cut the whole exchange out. That that sex scene gave me so much. It was cringe. so cringy, was very, Chris. I mean, this whole movie was. It was very it was, bad. None of there was no part like, of this that I would. You know what? If I wanted to torture someone, Clockwork Orange style, I'd peel their eyeballs open and make them watch this on repeat. No, uh, so too too bad. Too I would even loop that sex um, scene a couple of times just for extra measure. That's how that bad this is. It was so. It was so uncomfortable to watch. Okay, you know, we'll, we'll get back to that. No, I don't want to get back to it. That was it. It was unnecessary. It was unwarranted. I didn't yeah. want it. I uh, wanted to claw my eyes so out. Bad. And that was it. There's nothing else to say about it. It was so, so this whole so thing. Bad. Just save yourselves. I mean, I, f- I think I figured out why David Slade might not have wanted to direct a sequel to 30 Days of Night where he could have, you know, actually done something true to the comics. At the same time, that at the same year that 30 Days of Night Dark Days came out, uh, he was directing Twilight. Twilight came out. That uh, Twilight yeah. Eclipse came Twilight out. Twilight Eclipse or Twilight Eclipse. New Moon or something like that. So, and that was arguably the darkest of the books. Like, okay, yes, I was a Twihard back in the day, but Eclipse was probably my favorite for like a multitude of reasons. Like, <laughs> Stephanie Meyer bullshit aside, I don't have the energy or, quite frankly, the time or effort to get into it. But easily, because of David Slade's direction, one of the best Twilight movies of the Twilight movies. And that's, you know, yeah. David Slade has directed some of my favorite things. That, And I'm not including Twilight in that. 30 Days of Night mm. is one of well, them. Well, I mean, no, you, you gotta you got own it. You love Twilight. I loved <laughs> Twilight. I just wanted to be a vampire. I didn't want to sparkle. <laughs> I don't know. I still don't know what that was. But he directed Hard Candy, which is probably some of the most fucked up shit I've ever seen in my life. Thank you, Elliot Page, for doing that in your younger years, because that movie was amazing. Um, 30 Days of Night... David Slade also directed Hannibal. Like, we all know how I feel about that TV series. So David Slade clearly has, and he's directed, I think, an episode or two of Black Mirror. He's he's obviously got the mind for the stuff that takes you down a darker path. And I love that. I think if David Slade directed Dark Night Dark Days. You could have had something like the original that I. It would have been, been in, it light been years better. Such a different movie. It would have been so much closer to what you're describing in the comic, I think. Yeah, uh, we definitely, and we'll we'll get to it because David Slade made some really interesting choices that ultimately like elevated and gave the original source material like a nice spin. Uh, it changed the material to achieve a different but ultimately more beneficial effect. Um, but like you see now that in dark days and like, like, like I said, right. Going back to that, like, like literally like uh, Stella, she's going through her PTSD. She writes a book. She helps rebuild the town. She hires a shit, like a, a, like really badass mercenaries. And she, she buys like a bunch of weapons and a bunch of like a gear. And she goes on this tour. And like, uh, I think, uh, I think, the LA stop was her first, I think, yeah, it was the first stop on our tour. 
Um, and that scene in, in Dark Days does happen where she's giving a uh, a lecture at a college town hall, and she uh, that scene does she does finish happen. the lecture first? Uh, because I feel like part of me would like want to hear the entire thing before she scares the entire room away. I, well, I was like, wait, I want to hear this. I mean, it, if Dark Days. If Dark Days was a longer comic, maybe, but like Dark Days was also a miniseries. I think it was only like okay. three or four issues. Like the original story was also a three issue series. It's, it's really short. Um, but uh, I mean, so story beats like the 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 college the college attack. Um, you know that that's still accurate. But like reading the comic and just watching what you see on film. Night and day. It's crazy. It's crazy how lame and like how flimsy the movie makes that scene. And it's really cool. Um, and similarly, what was I saying? Um, I mean, so like the, the, the crux of the, the other plot was, um, you know, Stella and her mercenaries, you know, they're trying to bring the war to the vampires and they're, uh, they're being, um, you know, confronted with various obstacles, not just the vampires, uh, not just Lilith, uh, but you also have uh, a bit of like bureaucracy in the way. Uh, you have like the local police, um, the FBI agent, uh, Agent Norris, like he's a character in the comics, but he's so much more terrifying. And like, I hated, I hated this this portrayal of Norris so much. I hate his actor. I don't like how convincing he was. I didn't think he was threatening. I like, he is so much scarier in the comics. And like, he, I, I hated that. I um, hated him too. Thank you for saying it. I thought mm. that he wasn't intimidating at all. I thought he was trying to be some combination of somebody he saw on like Hawaii Five O and Constantine from the NBC show, mm. not Keanu Reeves, or even yeah, mm. like I, he just he rubbed me the wrong way. Like I did not like him. Also, it was it it felt so weird and random that the FBI would give a shit about any of this. Like, I understand there was a connection to Lilith and all of that, but it honestly felt like this was the only way in the movie they could bring the bring Lilith as a character and connect it to Stella, was if Stella got in trouble from local PD to the FBI. To, I don't know, there was just, it felt like there was something missing there. I don't know if, the, yeah. if it goes into a little bit more in the comic, but it was just, everything so, was so jarring in this movie. Everything just felt off and bad. Again, I, I reiterate, so, so yet, bad. Yeah, so yes and no. So, Nor so Norris, uh, Norris, uh, similar to The Stranger, uh, or similar to the guy we quoted at the beginning of the episode, uh, he's a collaborator. Uh, they're they're called like bug hunters. They're basically like they're like vampire thralls, or they're much much lesser vampires. Um, they're not true vampires, or you know they're the actual willing servants of the coven. Um, but Norris, compared to the stranger, is is higher up on the food chain, so to speak. So Norris. Um, Norris is one of those uh, collaborators who's, uh, with his status as a bug eater, he, he's not, 
Uh, at this, or at least, uh, at least in this part of the story, he doesn't have like the outright fangs, um, and like the the creepy black eyes. So like he could actually blend in into the FBI. And um, so in in the comics, uh, it, I haven't read the entire run in a while, but um, part of the reason why the the vampires have been able to blend in to society so well is they seeded like some uh some of their agents. Um, into like the FBI or upper level, upper echelons of society to get that upper edge, um, and Norris becomes one of the most recurring villains throughout the rest of the stories, um, and he's a terrifying villain because like one he, like in the comics he's actually smart and competent, and two like he also gains even further. And more po- more powerful vampire abilities, uh, so that's like a really deadly combination. And, and here you see him just as this this sycophantic lackey uh, who, like, his mo- entire motivation was like a Faustian bargain kind of deal. It was like, oh, I have, uh, I I'm dying. I have cancer. Or I have some terminal disease i'm only doing this because i'm desperate because i want to live uh meanwhile the norse of the comic books he's like pure evil he just does this because like he just for the he's like he actually thrill gets enjoyment out of killing humans even though he's like not a true vampire yet so they totally defanged <laughs> norse who's arguably one of like the most like recurring and terrifying villains throughout the 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 entire 30 days of night series and it's it's hard does the do the comics get into and this is just like a general question do the comics get into the lore behind why some of the vampires look more human than others so so i kind of touched that before the bug eaters the collaborators are like the the, the the thralls like the stranger and Norris at least before he develops further uh, or shows up later like they look they can pass as human but is that true um, in, in like, thirty days of night in the first one too well the str- the stranger the stranger he uh, he wasn't turned but he was like a willing collaborator and he looked I mean yeah he had like really bad hygiene but he he. I mean, he was able. He looked human enough. Yeah, because I was gonna say. Well, stranger, I was gonna say because Danny Houston, who plays, so they, so we don't find out their like. I only learned their names because I looked them up on IMDb. <laughs> I'll get into that when we start talking about Thirty Days of Night. But Danny Houston plays the main group, the leader, if you will, in Thirty Days of Night, and he's the only one out of all of them that looks human, minus the teeth. He's the only one that has sort of like... He still, has, he still has like black eyes He has too. black eyes like, and he has the yeah. teeth, but he still has human features. The rest of them sort of look more like animalistic, but they all sort of look the same. They all look like that, you know. So I was wondering if that, if an explanation like for that sort of exists in the comics. I would say it's probably half and okay. half. Because I dig it. I just didn't know if there was a reason for it or not. Like, yeah. The longer you stay that way, like, the older you are, I guess the more you look like not human. I mean, there's definitely, 
there's definitely a like a like a hierarchy to vampires in terms of like status and vampire abilities. Like 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 Lilith, like Mira, again, Mira Kirshner, She's like a, that's a, that's a really good choice, appearance wise, because like she Lilith in the comics looks a lot like that. Um, the look apart from like her black eyes, she looks pretty human ish. Um, she also has um advanced abilities like. She can like. She's kind of like the queen, the queen vampire. So she can like, uh, telepathically communicate with other vampires. Is and that she can also what like, they were trying to accomplish with the cyborg voice? I think that's that might be it. There's but a better way yeah, to do that. It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. It looks yeah. Not not even pointed out. I think that's probably what they tried to it do. Was bad. Um, it was really bad. Um, and then the other thing Lilith can do, she can like, she has like, I, I guess, uh, liken it to like a queen bee kind of thing. Like, like lesser vampires are drawn to her and she can like exude her influence off of them to command them and stuff. Like there was a, a scene where, uh, a rando vampire, uh, kills, uh, two of Stella's mercenaries and they get turned, and then uh, Lilith was able to like give the commands remotely to like you know send them a message or and they're they're basically under her thrall. So so that so there is a hierarchy. There is some lore. Is there like um, a process for turning in all of this? Because every vam I feel like a lot of vampire mythos like has their own um mythology surrounding how you get turned like in true blood you had to get bit and drained and then buried in the ground some people do the exchange of blood there's just a bite there's you have to drink from a vampire like there's a whole bunch of stuff so is there any lore surrounding how they get turned is it as simple as a bite not not in the first two like they they don't really go into it like what they do explain is I'm trying to think what's the best way to saying it. Because um, the way the well, way well, 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 two things. Well, one, no, because I was gonna say the way Dane explains it in Dark Days made it sound more like a zombie than a vampire. Like he said, his wound wasn't as severe, so he was able to stay a little bit more human. Well, it, it's it's weird because like how how the how vampirism is treated here in the, in the world, like you know, across all canon, it's treated as, like, a virus. So, okay. may- maybe this... Well, in the the movie Dane, not the comic book Dane's completely different, but movie Dane... Thank like, God. <laughs> if, if, it's, if, it's, if it's, like, a viral thing, maybe movie Dane has, like, some genetic predisposition to be resistant to the virus. Um, so maybe that's why he has control. Um, I don't know. That's, like, pulling stuff on my ass but uh um but in the comics at least uh dane he's a lot more civil and suave and eloquent at least like he's a he's also like a much more complex character and it like this is like like this is like pulling straight from a couple panels where um and like this also ties into the visual effects like or the visual thing you were talking about how like so, you, you're remarking on how like so many vampires seem to be bestial and monstrous, and that's like, you know, part of that is like deliberately because Ben Templesmith's style 
an approach to drawing the vampires is so insane. Like, he wanted vampires to look legitimately scary. So I think in an interview or something, it was like an interview or commentary, he wanted to draw his vampires to look like great white sharks and human skin. And you could see that, like, how You can terrifying. see that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then the first movie, like, yeah, yes, apart from uh, Danny Huston as... Denny Huston's character as Marlo, like, you know, they nailed that aesthetic to a T, like, 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 they're elon, like, the rows of sharp teeth, like, the weird facial structure, uh, they got that to a T, and, and going back to comic book Dane, he mentions, like, yeah, vampire society's a lot like human society, like, um, there's a lot of rabid dogs, there's a lot of assholes, as he calls it, but, like, um, you know, there are vampires who, have more quote unquote self control of themselves, and this was in context of why um, Stella was was asked. Like, Stella had the same question for Combo Book Dane. He was like, "Wait, why? Like, why are you not like these other ones? Why are you conspiring with me against your own kind?" Um, and um, you know. Comic Book Dane says, hey, you know, you know, just like humans, we have a lot of assholes. Uh, there's a lot of rabid dogs, as you would put it. Uh, maybe, maybe the herd does need a calling. And like, you know, so Dane, Dane in, in the comics, um, you know, he has more rationale, more agency. He's just not like some mindless creature. So that's a long way of saying, I guess it's like, it could be a bit of bit of lore, but it could also be a a bit of like convenient plot armor, so to say. Um, but I, I guess it also has to do with um, your vampire lineage, because in Dark Days, Dane was specifically turned by Marlo, and Marlo was like one of the me the main. Instigators. That's Danny Houston in in Thirty Days of Night. So he and I yes share and, a name. <laughs> yeah, yes and no. So Marlo in the movie is a combination of two characters from the comic book. So okay. Marlo, yeah. So Marlo, he's um he's like a a high ranking vampire, but he's he's not like the leader. Uh, but okay. Marlo was directly responsible for fighting about Barrow and organizing an attack and um, bringing everyone there. Um, Marlo's master and like the lead vampire elder to rule the entire coven of the world. His name is Vicente or or, or Vicente. It's 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 spelled like a V I C E N T E. So okay. he's like the the lead master vampire. Um, he looks a lot like Nosferatu. Like he has like like bald yes. with like really pointy ears, and he wears like this fabulous red and black coat. He looks awesome, um, and uh, he's like the lead vampire elder. He's been um, uh, vampire for literally millennia. Uh, Lilith from Dark Days happens to be his wife. Um, so like. So basically, Lilith and Vicente are our our vampire power couple. Um, but in the movie, Aww. yeah, 
Um, but in the movie, they combine Danny Huston's character with the the with with Marlo and Vicente. Um, I would say Danny Huston's character shares a little bit more features with Vicente. I mean, he has all like the rash bloodlust of Marlo. Marlo is like a very rash, um, juvenile like no restraint no self-control type of vampire vicente is more think about as like bill nahi from underworld like he's very calm very collected very smart um definitely brutal um and so basically danny huston became a combination of those two characters um and then within within the lore i would say there is a hierarchy of vampire bloodlines. Like, obviously, Vicente and Lilith are at the top. Um, and I I don't know who turned Vicente, but Vicente, hap- he he's the lead vampire overlord just because of survival. Because his all... I think his brothers... He mentioned in the comic books that his brothers had died and his father had died, and he just... he. he happened to be the last one standing and like and it fell to him to command the entire herd so i don't know who vincente's father would be i don't know it's like vlad dracula or whatever but um <laughs> yeah that's a lot that's a lot of lore that i actually haven't haven't touched in a long time because i'm pulling and extrapolating this from just um you know two novels and then two the two graphic novels they're like they're like show but don't tell and they're they're like teasing out tiny bits of lore and they're building it in layers. There's a, there's so many graphic novels in the Thirty Days franchise and they obviously build more and more lore off of it. Um, but so I'm not sure if that answers your question perfectly. Uh, it, the comic answers some of it but also leaves other parts vague. Um, That's okay. And like, also okay. What, yeah. I I think just my biggest problem was how much Dark Days seems to have butchered the original text. It's so bad. Like especially the ending. I know you were we were talking about how abysmal the ending was. Like they changed the ending completely. Like, again, Um, the Stella that they show you in 30 Days of Night versus the Stella they show you in Dark Days feels like two different characters. And the Stella that we meet in 30 Days would not have dug up her husband at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. She wouldn't have dug him up. He did what he had to do. Mm-hmm. Like, I know you were telling me how it happens in the comics. It's just like, and again, because I've never read the comics, I feel like then mm-hmm. comic Stella is somebody completely different. It's like a third character who I've mm-hmm. yet to meet. Yeah. But from what they set up in the in the movie, in the original 30 Days of Night, that version of Stella doesn't feel like the kind of person that would go on a rampage and then dig up her dead husband. Yeah, Like, she would need a really good reason to do it, not, I did what I set out to do, but I, and I miss him. Like, if do, you do, dug him do, up do, because you weaponized him, that's different. Do, but do that you want spoilers feel like in the that. comic? <laughs> do you want spoilers? Pa- yeah, spoil me. Okay, so, so... That sounded really dirty. 
Um, so I just realized, in the comic Stella, I said spoil like, me instead of spoil it. Okay. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, so in the comic Stella, like, um, it's it's really in, it's really endearing because Stella in the in the original Dirty Days and Night, she's a lot more playful and joke. She's like she's very sun. She's very sunny. Um, in the first one, that's like, probably and, why I don't buy it in the movie because they didn't yeah. portray her like that. Yeah, which is fine. and like and and uh, um and Eben, Eben in the comics, at least the first one, he's he plays more of the straight man, and so I think Josh Harnett's character or portrayal is pretty accurate to comic book Eben. Uh, and then so Thirty Days of Nights happens. Uh, Stella just you know she. Goes to this Tronic event and she's driven by like nothing but like anger, revenge, and uh, and she becomes like a really hardcore badass killer, which you do not see with Dark Days, um, uh, Stella at all. Like I got so I got so angry at Dark Days Stella so many times for like how not just how untrue to the comic book character she was, but how inconsistent and how like. Oh my god, this is you're written so badly and like oh it's it was terrible. Um so comic book Stella, she uh, while while shit's hitting the fan because Lilith uh is on the warpath, Lilith wants revenge on Stella for not just killing her husband, but she's raising a lot of noise about vampires, uh and you know, and vampires will they you know, they survive this long by being secret. Um, right. And Stella then uh, teams up with Dane. Dane is a very major character in Dark Days. The character Paul um, is basically... but they, they So Paul and Dane in Dark Days was basically two characters made from comic book Dane. Um, and I hated Paul. Paul was so bad. I hate him so much. The, the both both of them had zero chemistry. Uh, in the comic books, um, Dane, comic book Dane was falsely led to believe that Stella killed Marlowe. Oh no, I'm sorry, Eben killed Marlowe, uh, and that's why he wants revenge on Stella. And his whole deal was um, Dane's ally went to Barrow, dug up the ashes of Eben, and based on a vampire myth or legend, uh, it's, it was unproven, but apparently you could resurrect someone or resurrect a, a vampire by sp- spilling blood on the ashes. So Dane's kind of convoluted revenge plan was to resurrect Eben and kill him again in front of Stella uh, as revenge. But then Stella was like, no, wait, Vicente, uh, your vampire elder daddy killed Marlo, your, your, the, the, your master, the, you know, the vampire that turned you. And Dane's like, oh, shit, well, uh, I feel like an asshole now. And you know what? A bunch of my vampire brethren, they are, they're assholes too. And I don't <laughs> like, I don't like Lilith because, you know, Vicente killed my, my main man. So, so Dane has some stakes in the game to team up with Stella. So Stella and Dane, you know, they team up. Um, 
it's like this, you know, very edgy gray area type of thing. Um, um, and then Lilith basically um, taunts them or basically lays into a trap um, for the final showdown. Um, and they Stella agrees to a meeting with Lilith uh, because Lilith killed Dane's friend who had the ashes of Ebbet. And then Stella, after being told this myth by Dane, has like this small but fledgling hope that she could be reunited with her husband. Um, Tough titties. Yeah. So they go. They they go to this uh, abandoned house uh, in in L.A. There's like like there's like hundreds of vampires. Lilith's there. Stella and Lilith uh, do a trade. Dane is taken off. Because he's deemed a traitor by Lilith. He spoilers. He's fine. He kills them all. Still, uh, uh, Dane's a really powerful vampire. Uh, Stella then does a double cross. Um, she Lilith gets her hands on the disc. She breaks it. Um, all the while, I forgot to mention this. Uh, Stella then spends a a butt ton of money on the on these really cool experimental. Um, uh, smart grenades, uh, and that's that's she's been using this these smart grenades the entire comic to kill vampires. It's fucking awesome. Um, so uh, she she secretly uh drops this this like this massive jacket with bandoliers of these grenades, and none of the vampires notice. Uh, she gets out of the house, uh, and it's like this really funny line where uh, um uh Dane Dane and her meet up. Uh, she, uh, Stella has the boxes of ashes. Dane asks, um, hey, uh, what happened to your jacket? Um, and Stella just smiles, and then the next panel, the entire house explodes and kills Lilith and every single vampire in it, and it's awesome. And it's like, that's way, that's such a cool, that's a, such a cool ending, and it's like, it's way better than the, the stupid Titanic oil rig ending in the movie that we got. And then later, um... Stella comes back to Barrow. Uh, she does this. This does happen in the movie, but like I'm telling you, it it, it it's weird. Like the movie kind of does it frame by frame with the comic book, but the comic or the movie just makes it so much lamer out of execution. It's so weird. Uh, in the comic, Stella lays the ashes. She cuts her hand. She puts it on. Um, and uh, you don't see it, but you just see a series of panels of Stella just watching it in awe. She starts to cry, and tears falling down her face. And you see uh, Eben reform, uh, and he's like he's like in a fugue state. He's wondering, and um, he's like, "Wait, what? What, what happened? Where?" Like, and and you see like this genuine um, heartfelt moment where Stella. Can finally let her let down her guard, let down this wall of anger she's been hiding behind, and you see the the Stella that we first saw in the first comic, where she's like very loving and empathetic, and you know a little ray of sunshine, um, and then they embrace, and then the final panel, same with Dark, dark Days, it's Eben turning 
and taking a bite out of uh of, of Stella, and I don't know how the it, yes I know how it's like really crappy CGI. <laughs> the the ending looks so bad in the movie, even though it's like theoretically panel for panel like the same as the comic book. Right. Now, but I don't know if you, if you thought that ending was cheap, but I, I will I I will preface that in the later comic books it sets up this really cool like, dynamic where uh, basically Stella and Eben become avenging undead they basically like they 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 go around like alaska like just killing vampires that try to come back to barrow it's really cool um so they're kind of like the 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 silent guardians of alaska um and i could see why it's cheap but like i think you know trust me like it pays off in like future stories where like evan and stella like they 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 continue to protect barrow even though that doesn't cheapen it though, because that there was already established characters, and again, like I would probably feel the same way you do had I read the comics, but I'm basing this purely off of having seen Thirty Days of Night a very long time ago, loving it, and then rewatching it now, and the Stellas just feel so different that on top of it just being a shit-tastic movie, that ending really felt cheap to me. But from what I'm hearing from you is it feels sort of like on brand with everything, which makes me kind of feel sad because if that ending was on brand, I feel really bad that the rest of the movie was such garbage. <laughs> it's that's why, that's why I feel so conflicted. Like, obviously, like, again, people should know I am wearing rose-colored glasses because I love the comic so much. In Dark Days, I love that comic. And a lot of the, the plot beats uh, from the story, they do show up in Dark Days. Um, and like and, and Steve Niles worked on the screenplay. I just... I am completely baffled at how the execution could fuck it up so badly. And yeah, like, how did... Yeah. I mean, okay, look. You and I have had discussions before about what we think can happen when a creator doesn't have full creative control. Mm. And that's fine. But I feel like if you're that half of a team like this, you really should have had more creative control. How could you sit back and watch this happen? And, and that's so why I'm I kind of like... blown away. I'm kind of yeah. blown away. Uh, that's why I feel like Ben Katai, I feel like he's more to blame. Because, like, I don't know. I mean, know. I'm fine with blaming him. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I mean, obviously, I I, I think it's, it, I, I think it kind of comes from the top. Like, the director as leader should set the example. He sets the tone. He sets, like, he, like, it's his vision. And, yes, he probably will I mean, have he needs studio. to get his eyes checked. Yeah. Oh, actually, I mean, I can't. Even, I can't even say that studio execs had intervention because, like, this is a direct film, a direct video horror film. I'm trying to see who oh. produced it. I mean, this was released by. Well, I mean, this was produced by Ghost House Pictures. Right. Um, I'm trying to remember. That's unfortunate. We like Ghost House. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. I it's this movie. I I I I don't know 
how so many fuck ups had to had escaped like it's it's it compiles so much and where like yes you could you could i could you know especially you're well versed in the comics you you could see like the 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 literary rhyming beats you see oh yeah they pulled this from there they they pulled this from the comics so this happened too um but like it just gets so watered down um by like just repeatedly bad decisions like the casting was bad the writing was bad um like i like uh like the mercenaries the mercenaries i know that they're 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 like small potatoes in terms of like well actually well, no, no actually i can't even say that about dark days i mean they the the mercenaries so paul paul's non-existent paul is basically a half-assed creation they just pulled a bunch of character beats uh from the original dane amber i cannot tell you how much i was so pissed off and annoyed by amber um she was the the totally forgot that she was a costly i how could you forget amber she freaked out so many times and she like she's like oh my god like she they tried to write her as like the 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 loose cannon i don't give a fuck um hard you know hard ass but like then she became she then she becomes like super psych super hysterical she gets all of her teammates killed she has like these really really bad freak out moments that that just so i i can't anytime she was doing anything on screen i hated her so much you just get irritated and, with her yeah um yeah and then Paul, Paul, like, he's not charismatic. I don't like his actor. He's not even pretty to look at. And, you know, the, the movie gave him the <laughs> audacity. Tell me how you really feel, Chris. If they're I, not pretty honestly, to look at. No, I'm kidding. No, I mean, Josh Hartnett. Look how, look how beautiful Josh Hartnett is. Danny, Danny Huston as a sexy, messed up looking um, vampire yeah, lord who's that. slicking his hair back by dipping his hand in blood and like he's, he's just slipping it through his hair you're just so jealous cool. that you didn't get to do that on set with Danny yes. Houston yes I know I know, I know. <laughs> but the audacity of of Ben Katai to give Paul not one but two tragic monologues when I don't care I don't care about him why why are you doing this <laughs> Chris also, is going in. I also, love it. Todd, Todd, Todd. Like you look, you, you you try to like come off as badass, but then you you wait. You, is he not? I'm sorry. Did no, I miss? Is Todd well, not badass? To, right? No, Todd. Todd just- <laughs> I just I just lost all respect for Todd. I was like, okay, maybe Todd might be the out of all the people. I think I like him the most. But no, when they first raid the the. The, the very first vampire nest they raid like Todd has like this move this move that completely undercuts like whatever uh quote unquote like, affection or even like sympathy I had for him where like he he's trying to peel back um uh, a panel of, of aluminum siding he cuts himself on on, on the sl- siding then he curses and then he just then he like just weakly like rips tries to rip it off and then he kicks down the door it's like okay todd you're stupid like 
you you claim to be a vampire hunter all this time. You can't even like carry around a a crowbar to like wrench it off or, or wear a pair of gloves. Like, are you're you're an amateur? I hate you. You are weak sauce, and so is this entire party. I hate this party so much, Rye. Why did I get invited? <laughs> I love you. I hate this movie. <laughs> I know. Okay, all right, all right. Let's shift gears and talk about something we love. So we're going to go back in time to 2007 when David Slade directed 30 Days of Night. Young Ryan, very much into this movie because... They were animalistic and carnal and intelligent and they didn't speak a word of English. They created a language completely unique to this movie, which is why it pissed yeah, they, me off they... so much that they spoke English in the second one. I was like, no, 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 wait, wait, hold on. You had something with the first one. Don't lose that. Yeah, so it was really it was really interesting. So like they they hired a professor of linguistics from the University of Auckland, because like this movie was filmed in New Zealand. In New Zealand, um, and two, this uh, this is one of the this is why David Slade will like you know props to like everyone on the team. Um, but this was specifically this is Slade's why David idea. Slade will will forever hold a place in your heart. Am I right? Yeah, exactly. And the, uh, so like his entire intention was to make a scary vampire film, and like you know, and obviously he was very faithful. Uh, and he actually like straight up used the illustrations of the original graphic novel done by hands down my one of my all time favorite illustrators Ben Templesmith, and like you could see how much of Templesmith's character designs are translated into the movie, and uh, like Slade like a hundred percent honored that, and to him, um, there he didn't want. He, he wanted the vampires to communicate, but he thought that it would undercut so much of the horror uh, if they would communicate outright in, like, English. Um, even though in the comics, um, you know, vamp the vampires do talk a lot into each other, uh, the, the, the clicking, the hissing language is wholly original to the film. Uh, and... Um, but it works. It really works, and it makes it so much more haunting and strange and alien. And and it just it it was such a that was such a left field but excellent idea, and it works because like, uh, my God, they, like the vampires got even scarier in um in the original movie, and it was awesome. I have nothing, okay, so I have nothing but amazing things to say about 30 Days of Night. So here's something, though, that kind of bugged me about it. I remember 30 Days of Night being shat on when it came out. I remember it getting horrible reviews. And I looked up, I looked at it, not that I take Rotten Tomatoes word as gospel or anything like that, but I wanted to look at the Rotten Tomatoes score because I know a lot of other people go by that. And I wanted to see what it would say because I wanted to make sure I wasn't losing my mind. It only has a 51% on Rotten Tomatoes. Why does everyone hate this movie so much? I, this is a brilliant movie. Like I Josh Hartnett actually is really good in this 
I love him because I had a like a reawakening with Josh Hartnett as an actor when I watched Penny Dreadful. And I was like, oh my God, he can, where have you been? You can actually act, my dude. Why do I remember him being so hated back in the day? I don't know. But I don't, I want to know why did this movie not do better? Were we just not ready for this in 2007 because of Twilight and because of all the stuff that was going on? Like, this is a really great and really scary, like, actually scary vampire movie do people not want scary vampires in 2007 like i know i was into twilight but i was into vampires like i wanted all aspects of vampires so this was a i remember loving this movie and people thinking i was fucking crazy i i i so this movie this movie uh, if i if i didn't if i've never heard or watched this movie i would never have been introduced to ben temple smith i would have never read any of his comics I wouldn't have the pleasure of of like seeing him on a regular basis at Comic Cons, and uh, this is also how I I also got to meet Steve Niles um, in Baltimore yes! Comic Con uh, like a long while ago. Like I I got him to sign my copies of Thirties uh, and Nineties. Very very charming, very awesome gentleman. I I was great talking to him. And Ben Templesmith, like uh i'm not sh- i i'm never quite sure if he remembers my name or not but like he <laughs> knows me specifically because anytime i come up he calls me war boy because like my like he's he's uh ben Templesmith is australian and um you know i came up to his table uh during i think it was otakon it was either otakon or baltimore comic-con like one of those two conventions in in maryland and uh i was dressed up as a war boy like a couple months, not not maybe like maybe not even a month after Mad Max Fury Road came out, and Shocking. like like and like Ben Templesmith, like I, I, he's Australian, so you're you're automatically obligated to love Mad Max, and like he loved my cosplay. He actually like you um wanted to take to take photos with me, and you know, and so anytime like like I would approach his booth. He would just say, "Oh, dude, War Boy, what's up?" I was like, "Like, bad oh, Chris. and um, um, and he always that he must was have always made you feel like, so yeah, good, he, though. It's so yeah. It was like, oh yeah, it was like the greatest compliment I could ever have in my life. And yeah, he, he would also like teasingly ask me, like, "Hey, like, what, like, like, why aren't you dressed up as War Boy again?" It's like, oh, like at this time, I was trying to grow out my hair. I was like, oh, just and like I, I didn't want to shave my head again, so. I don't know. Maybe I'll change it because I haven't seen Ben in like I don't know uh, a while because cons have been haven't been happening. Um, but anyway, uh, what was I saying? Also, I'll cut this out. Really happy that we're doing backups because Craig just fucked yeah off. me yeah I just noticed that um, uh huh okay <laughs> I, I just got a. I, so I had to go. I had to go on a Ben Templesmith train. Oh, that's no, right. no. Yeah. I'm so really, I'm really in... happy you did. I'm really happy you did. Like, um, if I ever got a chance to meet David Slade, I would be like, please make more movies like 30 Days of Night and Hurricane. Please. 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 Please make an if actual If they ask Dark you to Days. come back for Hannibal. <laughs> yes. Please make a sequel to Dark Night, to Dark Days. Please, uh, please, 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 please. Man. But, uh, yeah, so I, I watched, I'm pretty sure I watched 30 Days of Night uh, in freshman year of college. Or maybe it was the summer. You know what? I think it was like it was the summer before. Uh, actually, wait. When did 
30 Days of Night come out in theaters? You know, this is an important question to ask. Okay, yeah. I don't remember what, kind so, of, what time of year it came out. So it came out in October 19th, 2007. So yeah, I, okay. I, was, already, I was already in college. So okay, now, now it's coming back to me. I saw it, I saw it in theaters during college. Um, blew my mind. Holy shit, this is awesome. And I remember going to a local comic book shop because uh, I found out that it's you know or in the in the it was either in the opening credits or closing credits like based on the comics by Ben Templesmith, so I went to the comic shop. I bought everything Ben Templesmith they had, read through, um, my God, like the original Dark Days, Beyond Barrel, uh, or Beyond Barrel. Ooh, I can't talk. Um, there's a <laughs> lot of comics, but like I devoured all the Thirty Days of Night compendiums, and there was a lot because uh, the comics had been around for a while. Yeah, and um, I remember just everything. Like, like I was just so fascinated with the art, and especially it's Temple Smith. Um, like, like it spoke to me how he wanted to create like the most terrifying fucked up vampires ever, and like the movie did that in spades. And I, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember. Like the movie crowd at, at the movies, but I do remember just being legitimately surprised, like looking up information, like at the time, like why is this movie not doing as well, and it's like why is this movie getting crappy reviews? Like, am I like only one? Am I seeing another movie? Because this movie's freaking great. This movie is so good. Um, even if you're, it, I mean, right, you're case in point. You never read the comics, but this is like a legitimately great vampire movie and like part of the success yeah it's just like like you know that kernel of idea between ben and steve is it's such an ingenious simple premise polar knights are a real natural phenomenon just add vampires to it and then david slade uh was you know firing all cylinders like making like these really smart choices you had really great sound effects or i'm sorry really great practical effects where these vampires and the makeup, like God, they look so fucked up. They look, they look like. So Ben Templesmith has like a very unique, uh, digital slash mixed media art style, but like the the genetic lineage of like from paper to the screen, it's so there. Um, you know the setting. Of like New Ze- like the, the setting where it's shot, like New Zealand and like the snow and like the the environment, it's like it looks so authentic. And even like the sound design, like what I love about the sound design, so much of the movie has zero music. Uh, they the the music is like very minimal. And even how even when they do music, it's like this really really creepy distorted John Carpenter-esque synthy music and it's also like very minimalist and it's like oh like everything just comes together in like this perfect storm and it, like I just so baffled that you know it it's not more popular I mean obviously it did well at the box office it was number one when it was first released uh it grossed like 75 mil um worldwide uh so it made a profit um it, it had a 30 million budget it made like 75 million so that's a that's a pretty good profit but like i don't profit. even know if this movie is an actual cult classic or not 
I mean, I hope it is. I don't think it is. I think yeah. it's one of those. I mean, it could be kind of like, I'm not going to say it's on the same level as Repo, where it's like an underground cult classic where like not a ton of people know about it. But I think it's definitely one of those movies that people haven't given either enough of a first thought or even a second thought. And I don't know. I still can't figure out why. But it's weird because, like, obviously the movie was enough, was a big enough box office hit where it necessitated a bunch of sequels. But I, at the same time, those sequels weren't, like, direct sequels. They're, they're right. direct video sequels or they're, they're web series. or So, like, obviously... Uh, maybe maybe those sequels were, you know, from a cynical standpoint, they were just quote unquote easy cra- cash grabs, and you know that would make sense why Dark Days had such terrible execution. Maybe they, they they didn't have nowhere near the amount of budget as the first film, but I I just don't understand. I just it. I don't understand the need to make Dark Days is really. You know, but okay. So here's, so here's something Josh Hartnett. I need to talk about him for a second. I had, until I had saw, I had seen Penny Dreadful. I'd really forgotten about Josh Hartnett as an actor because I'm pretty sure the last movie that I had seen him in and uh, before seeing Penny Dreadful was probably 30 Days of Night. Mm -hmm. And while I was rewatching 30 Days of Night, for this episode I couldn't understand why I remember people hating him as an actor because he can act he was probably in just shitty movies but he can act Yeah. but more than that what I liked about him in this movie and I'm going to preface this and reiterate it a bunch of times to get really annoying about it is I do not mean this in a negative way I think that this in, in a movie like 30 Days of Night, I think is a really good thing. He wasn't spectacular or great in this movie. He was just good. He was a good character. He was a good guy. He was a good actor. And I don't, and I don't, again, I really don't mean that in a negative way. I think it was a good thing because you needed just like your average good guy for a movie like this because... The situation that they're in is so horrible and fantastical at the same time that you kind of need that average Joe to sort of tone everything down and really make it feel like you're in a real situation like that. And Josh Hartnett, the way he acted in this movie, just made it feel that way. So he was just like a general, just overall, just like good in this movie. And again, I I, I don't think that there is anything wrong with that he almost didn't act in this movie but he, sam he played, raimi he, convinced yeah. him to yeah sam raimi uh was a producer he was originally supposed to right he was a producer of the he was originally supposed to direct it in the earlier versions but i he dropped to a producer role and then david slade obviously directed it mm-hmm yeah, I, but I agree. thank you, like, Sam Raimi, for like convincing him to do this because like you need a Josh Hartnett in a movie like this because again, like like I said, every their situation is just so B 
beyond human imagination that you need a guy like that to just really like ground everything together and he really yeah, did that i agree like eben and stella they're just they're just the everyday people thrown into like a horrific situation and like um i i mean yeah hard hardnet plays like a very much like a straight man um like everyday straight man um here like you know he, he to me to me he he's pretty accurate pretty spot on with with the Eben comic book version and uh i really liked his performance uh i've always been a josh hartnett fed um and uh, to, honestly you know again rose colored glasses like hartnett is you know still one of my all-time favorite actors because like because of his work in um 30 days of night um his brief stint in uh sin city the faculty um but like I, this is obviously i think is one of my favorite roles of his because he just embodies the character so much and he's just he's so convincing as someone as like an everyday person who would be put exactly. in that situation and like like and obviously like he has it's not just all heart in it like you have this incredible cast around him um whether that would be um you know Melissa George or Danny Huston Ben Foster who plays the stranger um who oh, also did name? an incredible job yeah like yeah and like i think everyone like all the especially like everything elevated I mean, it's all synergy. Like everything just worked on all all cylinders to to hype up, you know, Josh Harnett. And like similarly, Melissa George. Like I, I honestly don't know like how or I don't know what other movies she's really been in, and I probably haven't seen many. But like I loved her to death in this film because like she was so badass. And this is one of those other things I have to give credit to both her and David Slade. Like you know, obviously this is what this is supposed to be a horror movie. So they they grounded Stella's character a lot. They made her like I felt like even more of a badass from the get go. And obviously, you, you have to have like a a B plot or some type of more core to drive the story, which does not happen in the comics. But it still really worked uh, in the movie where Stella and Eben in the movie are going through a separation. Um, I I believe. I believe when you extrapolate what they say in the movie, I think what happened that led to a separation, or at least one of the major reasons, I think Stella wanted kids and Eben was hesitant or didn't want kids or had cold feet. Um, in the comics, though, Eben and Stella have a very, very happy relationship. Uh, and Stella is also very sunshiny, like I said before. Um, and in that way, like it kind of just magnifies the the amount of horror and trauma she goes through which also works but like you know those are two different avenues but they work in different ways and like you know you know david slade i have to give him props for like making that dramatic character change but like executing it well enough where like it's totally convincing and it also hits you in the hits you in the gut especially at the end where stella feels regret for wasting all that time fighting when you know you know there are worse things out there and mm -hmm. you know you should yeah so gotta love this movie i know i really great. do i i was so okay so let's talk about danny houston for a second first of all his vampire name in Marlo. terms of the movie yes we share that name obsessed mm -hmm. um so danny houston 
if I'm not mistaken, and I'm going to just look this up really quick to make sure I'm not wrong, but I'm very, I'm very good at this game, so I'm, like, very confident that I am correct. I will cut all of this out, but I have to make sure I'm right. I also type really loud because of my nails, so I want to make sure that I'm right. Come on, come on, come on. Where is it? I know what I'm looking for. Dang. So, Danny Houston played one of my favorite characters in American Horror Story Coven, where he played the Axeman of New Orleans. And the Axeman of New Orleans is a real thing. Um, and I just loved him in that show. I watched him and I was just... I could, I mean, aside from the fact that most of it was shot in New Orleans, which, you know, does something else to me, what you guys can't see because this is an audio medium is that I have a sign in our bedroom that says the French Quarter, like we're in New Orleans, because that's where I miss right now. Um, But watching him in that, I needed to see more of that. But while I was watching him in Coven, I was like, where have I seen this guy before? And I looked it up. I was introduced to Danny Houston as Marlo the Vampire in 30 Days of Night. And I know I've seen him in other stuff since then and before that. But for me, that was my introduction to him. And watching him have kept his mostly human form, but sounding so animalistic. Like everything about these vampires in this movie was so carnal, but intelligent is truly what makes them horrifying, which is, again, why I'm just baffled that this movie didn't do better. They set a trap, and it didn't work, but they set a trap to try and weed out where everyone was hiding by letting a wounded girl walk through the town to try and figure it out. They even had the wherewithal to not just light the town on fire to smoke the rest of the survivors out, if any were there, but to basically erase their tracks. They had enough knowledge to know that this particular town, which does happen, I actually had to look this up. Barrow, Alaska does go dark, but it's for like two months Six, or something like that. It's like that. 61 days instead of 30 days. Like yeah. That, yeah. I, I and mean, also, also Barrow, Alaska. I don't know Alaska, if I can handle that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's bad. <laughs> Woo, like mental illness. Hello. I need my vitamin <laughs> like my D. D. <laughs> I mean, I didn't get enough vitamin D because of COVID. I think, I mean, I'm so pasty. I'm pretty sure that if I went out in the sun right now, I would just light up like a vampire. I would burst into flames. Mm. I'm, I look like Casper. But, which, you know, does wonders for the fact that I... <laughs> want to look like a vampire and your name marlo <laughs> <laughs> you know i did go visit hell house maybe i never came back oh no um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so all all kidding aside i have nothing bad to say about this movie except i do have one thing okay <gasps> what's the one I, thing it's so stupid, Chris. What's stupid? It's really it's the stupidest thing. Break my thing. heart. Break my heart over this one this one fatal flaw. <laughs> Why is his name Eben? I thought they were calling him Evan the whole movie um, until the end where his brother was like Eben, Eben and I was like, 
Wait, is his name Eben? It's I'm... named Eben. Um, so Wait, why? I I, mean, I told you one, it was stupid. I one told is from you the comics, stupid. and two, don't at me. I don't know, but apparently in the comics, um, Eben is part Inuit. And I don't know if Eben oh, well, is like now a I name feel bad for in Inuit. I don't know. Don't, don't add me. Don't quote me. But like, but in the comics, apparently Eben Eben um, is all, is part Inuit. And I don't know if that's like a traditional or like even like a unique name in Inuit culture. I mean, Eben okay, in well, general then I feel is like a very. Bad. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, I I well, I'm gonna look up. If that's Eben. the case, I take it back. But also. I really thought his name was Evan. The whole movie, I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was just going with it. But then he says Eben, and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> was well, so well here's an even sillier reason. Maybe, maybe Josh Harnett's real full name is Ebenezer. Ebenezer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry, Ebenezer Olsen? Uh, who knows? That's just I mean, a cruel I'm looking twist up, I'm looking of fate. Up, I'm looking up Eben, and it says Eben's a name of Hebrew origin. It's sometimes short for Ebenezer. So yeah, well, that's on fucking who brand, knows. Isn't it? I don't know. Okay. I think it's, I think it's a major stretch. Uh, I mean, it, it is an uncommon name, and maybe we'll we should talk to Steve Niles. And oh sure, why don't you just get him on the name... phone and be like, why'd you do this? Why, why Honestly, that Eben? was. <laughs> that was literally my only issue and it's not even a real issue i just was very confused <laughs> i thought his name was evan anyway honest again dark days i cannot tear that movie apart enough you didn't I even get through all the through did. all the bad stuff yet like oh my i God. really honestly i think they did the original 30 days of night such a disservice so bad right what, what what it's safe to go to New York City through all the snow and COVID BS. I'm gonna I'm gonna let you borrow all of my thirty days of night comics. They're so good. Please do, um, and then you you and Flapjack can have a grand old time. Yes. Cause I'm gonna keep you here for a while if you come. Okay, visit. yes please. Can I, I haven't can seen I, you? Can, can you help me find a job in New York City so I can just like move there? Sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm down. Yeah. I've been waiting you. I've been waiting for you to move to New York for a for while. For five so years down. or more. For, yeah, for like five years, I've been waiting for you to move to New York. Man, job applications <laughs> are hard. They're, they're, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> uh, God, I cannot sing the praises of this first movie in the comics. So like, it's just they're very, very dear to my heart because everyone knows I'm a dark, edgy goth kid and like i'm also i love body horror and the comic well, Chris, and this that's why i wore my mothman t-shirt for you for our our episode back not only <laughs> it's a cryptid <laughs> i got this yes. okay full disclosure no we're not sponsored but i'm wearing a really sweet mothman t-shirt and it glows in the dark by uh joshua does cosplay he has look him up on Instagram. He tells you when his sales are going to be uh, on his Etsy store. What I love about his shit is if you don't buy a shirt when they're on sale, 
you don't get them. So like you will mm. never you can't get this Mothman t-shirt now. I have it. It's mine. You guys can't have one. But I have gotten so much cool shit from him. But yeah, when I bought this, I was like, I'm going to save this so that I can wear it for when I do our recording with Chris, because it's basically the only time I get to see Chris's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys might not get to see our faces, but Chris and I get to stare at each other. Yay! So Gosh. I purposely wore my Mothman t-shirt. It's very for Chris it's very sweet. for this for this episode. I, but yeah, gosh. go look up Joshua Just Cosplay. Yes. That's my plug. That's my not um, horror plug for, for this show. My my not horror plug slash flex, but not so <laughs> not 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 really a flex right now, but No, remember, it's a flex. If you're remember, oh, you're not gonna say what I thought you were gonna say. I was gonna say no. Oh it's a no, total no. Flex. I I okay. remember, I don't remember if I picked it up at a convention or if I picked it up at my local comic book shop back in Back when I was going to school in Maryland, but I, I, I think I might have lost it in 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 a move. Uh, but I used to have no! like a Days of Night T-shirt, like 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 it's like it's straight. It's pulled straight from the comic book uh, of the first graphic novel. It's like this. It's like this very iconic cover. It's like this pale face of a vampire with like bloody lips. I'm and has pretty like sure I've seen you gla- wear that shirt. Maybe you m- might have. I, I might have it around here, but like the vampire. It's like it's like it's like the lower half of a vampire's face, like this. It's, it's like this pale bluish color, uh, like dark red ruby lips, like black s- shadow, and it has like kind of like a Glasgow smile kind of stitching yes. in the side. Very very iconic cover. I used to have it as a t shirt, and I don't know what happened. I haven't I haven't seen it in like years, but got it. Like then maybe I imagined it, and I haven't seen you wear it. Um, you know what? We we live in we live in eBay. I'm sure I could find like a 30 days of night t-shirt. You've um, also moved so many times it wouldn't surprise me if you Oh my lost god. I've moved I moved so <laughs> many I yeah. So, I moving know. stinks. I know. You know what moving. doesn't stink? This movie. You should the moral of the story, watch this movie. Do not by any means watch Dark Days. It is terrible. Yeah, don't watch Dark Days, but honestly, don't hit the snooze button on 30 days of night. I, again, am still really, really baffled by how poorly this movie did on Rotten Tomatoes. And again, I personally don't put any stake in Rotten Tomatoes. I don't listen to any of that crap, but I'm really, really shocked by how poorly it did. And and it's, it's there's no reason for it. It is. I mean, I want to say that maybe it was because it came out around the time of Twilight and everyone was into the Twilight vampires. No one wanted scary vampires. Regardless, this this movie really, really holds up. I, I think it even more than holds up. I think it really just opens your eyes again to how terrifying they can be if you take away their humanity. Um, I, again, love that they had their own language. I loved that they were very animalistic. I think that it, it refreshes you from the pretty vampires that everyone has gotten used to seeing over the years. And I think that it's especially sort of timely that were talking about this now when, I mean, this is obviously pre-pandemic. We knew that Anne Rice's interview with the vampire was being remade for TV. And we already know from the, from watching the movie, uh, 
that they went sort of the pretty route um, because they're more human. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, but David Slade, hundred percent loyal to Temple Smith's vision, and like not just not just replicating it, but like just adding his own neat touches. Whether it's like the makeup job, whether it's like the language bit, uh, whether it's, um, uh, gosh, like it's, it's so good. Like everything in this movie is, is firing at all cylinders, and just watch it. Like, and it's so. I know we keep coming back to this, but it 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 makes me legitimately sad that like it's I I don't even know if this movie is a cult classic because like. Um, my circle of friends who are hardcore horror fans is not very big, so I don't really get to talk about horror much to begin with, so that's why I love this as an outlet. Um, but I can't really say, or I can't really, uh, say with, like, you know, with, uh, on a common standpoint, like, how many times I've asked someone if they seen 30 Days of Night, and they said yes, or they enjoyed it or not. Like, uh, maybe my sample size is probably pretty small, but like, you know, there are obviously horror movies that that break the mainstream consciousness, and like these are type of movies that even if you're not a horror fan, um, you know, people still find it noteworthy. It, it still becomes like a cultural milestone, like Midsommar or. Uh, uh, or it follows, or Bird Box. You know the, the these these movies, whether or not you have a positive or connection, positive or negative reaction to them, they they create enough buzz to like you know pierce through the main consciousness, and they became a hot ticket item uh, for a while, and that that just never really happened for Thirty Days a Night, um, even. Um, yeah, I don't know, but but it, comics aside, it's still it, it was like light in a bottle. I mean, it, it it's it created a whole massive uh, franchise of comics, and um, I think it was it was like a uh, it was a runaway hit that I think not really the original creators were expecting, but it just the simplicity and like the beauty and like the savagery of its execution just made it pitch perfect. This movie, I've, this movie is like tailor made to be a, a Hollywood blockbuster and like, a, and it is, I, in my, my heart of hearts, it is, but I just want more people to, uh, share my love for it. So I guess, uh, at the end of the day, if you listener dreadful, if you're listening to this, <laughs> like, please, spread this movie like the virus that is vampirism like spread it to everyone because this movie's awesome and I, I i you know not enough people i think talk about it as much i 100 percent agree i don't know if and again because i never read the comics i don't know if david slade kept the vampires in their nature movements um behaviors i don't know if he kept that vision true to the comic books um i would say yes for the most part yes like i would say um like because i think it was really 
Yeah. Yeah. I would say, I mean, obviously they don't speak English, but like Vicente, he's a lot more, he like, I would say Vicente's, you know, perfect example. He's a lot, he's a lot like Bill Nahi from Underworld. But I mean, he, he made, he made a legitimate decision, like to make them all animalistic, um, you know, Danny Huston character not with signing and it works. I mean, because it's they're they're trying to amp it up on the horror, and um, so I think that's successful. Oh, and it's it a hundred percent works, and I think that that's why part and parcel why this movie is so um, successful. Or at least I think you and I find it successful. I think that it was really accurate and. Uh, kind of really on the nose when they mistook them for human because there wasn't anything particularly at first glance, anything particularly superhuman about them. Like it wasn't entirely obvious from far away that they weren't human, which is why they were like, they could be a bunch of just normal people hopped up on PCP. You could believe that because they're apart from dark days where you saw that um, sort of like drag effect that they do when they want to show super speed when someone move when a vampire like moves because they don't do mm-hmm. that in 30 days of night um, and because that wasn't sort of there it's very believable that they could have been a bunch of humans hopped up on like basalts or some shit yeah. and that I think just adds to the true horror and terror of these vampires I think it's what really makes part of this movie which is again and it bears repeating why I don't know this movie didn't do as well as it should have sacrilege because this movie this this movie came out in 2007 I'm watching it in 2021 and I think it still holds up and I think I can still see a world where I would be terrified by a presence like this. So I I really, I mean, get on Rotten Tomatoes and just pump up the score or some yes. shit. I don't know how Reverse Rotten Tomatoes Reverse review works. bomb it. Give it 200% rating on, on Rotten I just, Tomatoes. I don't, I don't understand why. I, and again, this is coming from someone who doesn't hold Rotten Tomatoes scores in high regard, but I just don't understand why it hasn't done better. I don't. I don't. It's just Hollywood it's, is, it Hollywood so is good. weird. Rod so Tomatoes is weird. You know what? Right. You know what? You know whose ratings matter most? Our Ours? ratings. Our ratings. <laughs> I will give this. I will give this. Uh, I'll give it thirty s- out of thirty. Like vampires, right now. I. Yes. I love Thirty Days of Night. I think it's so worth yes. it. And so good. Dark Days. Yes. You just can stay in the shitter where you came out of because you don't deserve to live. <laughs> I, I will give this I'll give this 11 out of 10 UV lamps because yeah. this movie's great and everyone yes. should watch it and by god everyone we watched we watched Dark Days so you won't have to because it's legitimately like the the worst movie we ever reviewed I do hold you partially responsible for this I'm sorry <laughs> I'm so sorry I wish you could take it back it was so bad uh, <laughs> look at least we both hated it it wasn't a situation where like one of us really loves it and the other one was like really are you no, sure no, no we, we both un- hated it it's okay. we are unanimous in our hate <laughs> we're unanimous in our hate for this movie i'm uh, fine with it no i'm not <laughs> i'm fine with us hating it i'm not fine with the movie oh existing. yeah 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 
Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Right. Let's end this because I really want to watch <laughs> 30 Days of Night again. <laughs> okay. That's how Chris is going to fall asleep tonight. Yes, exactly. It's going to be my, my, my white noise. I'm excited. It's your lullaby. On that note. Thank you for listening to another episode of Left for Dread. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Everything helps. You can listen to us on iTunes, Overcast, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify every Friday. We're back. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Left for Dread Pod. You can find us on Facebook, and you can check us out on our website at leftfordread.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, you know, stay safe out there. If you're snowed in. Make sure you're stay inside. You're, yeah, stay inside. Make sure your doors are secure. So, or and your windows are boarded up. So vampires don't, you know, come in, rush you, and start sliding you underneath the foundations. Bad news bears. You know, stay safe out there. Uh, and uh, we're glad to have you here. Uh, it's been three months since we've recorded anything. We have a lot of really cool movies coming up. We, uh, Ryan and I just had a lot of fun uh, changing up the we schedule. We just changed everything. Just changed everything. <laughs> we, it's our show. We do whatever we want. So we have some Here really cool stuff coming up. We, we, we're, we, yeah, we do. Yeah. We have, let's just call it like it is. We take mini hiatuses. So I guess we can start calling this like little seasons of left for dread season season three i guess yeah that's what we're in we're in season three technically i and we do have a really cool lineup heading into this um we have a really awesome balance of new stuff and old stuff i'm super excited because we're doing some of my tried and true like classic horror that helped solidify me as a fan that i'm pretty sure chris has never seen so of course you know i'll be shitting bricks when we get to those episodes we have some of chris's all-time favorites coming up too which i know he's been dying to get into so i'm fucking stoked to get into that with him because some of his favorites i've never seen so i'm really i'm really excited so we're we're back Woo! We're back. <gasps> wait wait we're right right one more one last yes. thing i just yes. realized this is, stay, this is stay in the cut. This is 100% stay in the cut. Oh, Today, as we're, as we're recording this, it's yes. February 2nd. Yes. Do you know what comes out 10 days from now? No? Yeah? No? Willy's Wonderland starring Nick Cage. <laughs> we got to change the schedule. Okay, we love you. Thanks, bye. We love your dreadfuls. Don't forget, stay dreadful. Stay <laughs> dreadful.